0: So these are the stories that we learned as children. Um, our parents would tell us these stories at bedtime a lot of times. Um, I hope your parents did. If you didn't have that happen, I'm sorry. It's great to have your parents come in and read you a bedtime story. And a lot of times the bedtime stories were based on these. Or at least at your teacher's feet in school, they would tell these stories because they contain morals. Um, now, I could stand up here and read this the story to you and you're familiar with it and if all you do is capture the moral of the story you might be a better person but that's not what I'm trying to accomplish I want us to make sure that we're better children of God there are spiritual implications to the stories that we've dealt with we've dealt with um, uh, Peter Pan last week Uh, we dealt with uh, the gingerbread man and what did we do the first week I can't even remember now anybody remember Oh, princess and the pea, yeah, because, uh, okay, never mind, I'll re-preach it if I'm not careful, because how can I not remember that one? That's my favorite one out of this whole thing. So anyway, uh, anyway, so, so I'm trying to get you to understand that uh, we, we're just using these to launch into spiritual truths. So um, there are truth wrapped up in these tales. So let me tell, tell you this one today, the emperor and his new clothes. This one's interesting. Once upon a time, there was an emperor who loved nothing better than wearing fancy new clothes. Three times a day it sounds like something never mind. Three times a day he would change into a brand new royal outfit. And many emperors as many emperors spend their days talking to advisors and fixing problems of the land. Not this one. He was too busy sending out his servants to find the next great outfit to wear. Glad I didn't have his credit card bill. One day, two strangers came to town and they said they were weavers. They said that the cloth that they wove was the finest anyone would ever see. But in fact, they were not weavers, they were crooks. These two fake weavers said that their cloth was more beautiful than any other cloth, but it could only—it could not be seen by just anyone. Only people who were smart and the most excellent could actually see the magic cloth. People who were not smart and not excellent, well, they would see nothing at all. Soon word reached the emperor about these two weavers and their fine cloth, and he thought, I'm the most smart and the most excellent emperor. Anyone can tell by how grand I always look. I do not need to worry about that silly magic. So the emperor went to see the two weavers and these clever crooks ran about their shop, pointed in empty corners and tables. And they said with pride, look at these piles of fine clothes. Surely you've never seen colors as bright as these patterns, as beautiful. And the emperor could not understand because he did not see any cloth anywhere. The emperor thought, I cannot let anyone know that I cannot see the magic cloth. Who knows what they may think of me? So instead he said, indeed, this is the most beautiful cloth anyone has ever seen. And the emperor could see no cloth anywhere. As it turns out, the emperor's grand annual parade was coming up soon. This was a special day when everyone in the kingdom lined up to admire the emperor and cheer him as he walked by. This year, the emperor wanted an outfit more fine than ever before. It must be made from the weaver's wonderful cloth. Yet there was very little time. Could they weave the cloth in time for the parade? The two fake weavers frowned as if they could not be sure and then they smiled and said, yes, they could make him the finest royal outfit and cape ever, but it would cost many extra gold coins for the work to be ready in time. The emperor paid it all. The two weavers, the two crooks put the gold right into their chest, but they did not buy yarn. All they bought were a few candles to burn in the window at night. That way everyone would say, look, those new weavers are working all night long to get the emperor's new clothes ready in time for the parade. On the morning of the parade, the emperor came to the weaver's shop. He felt sure that this time he would be able to see the magic cloth, but still the emperor saw nothing. When it was time for the emperor to get undressed, the clever crook said, These these clothes are so light and airy, it will feel as if you have nothing on at all. (laughs) And indeed, that is how it seemed to the emperor. For when he looked in the mirror, he saw in the reflection that he was wearing nothing. But he thought, Really, he must be wearing a very grand outfit, one worth all the extra money he had spent. And at the parade, the emperor walked, tall and proud. And each person who saw him go by thought, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. The emperor is wearing no clothes. But each person said nothing. They knew that only people who were smart and excellent could see the magic clothes. So instead they cheered. There goes the emperor. Doesn't he look fine? Each person thought, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. And all of a sudden one little boy called out, look. The emperor has no clothes. Out of the mouth of babes, by the way. Everyone gasps. Then another child called out, look at him. He has nothing on at all. Then someone laughed and someone else. And then more people started to laugh. And someone said aloud, would you look at that? Our emperor has no clothes. Soon everyone was calling out and laughing. Oh dear, thought the emperor I could have thought some other stuff. Now everyone knows I could not see the cloth. They will know I didn't speak up because I was afraid of what people would think of me. What will they think of me now? But the parade must go on. And so the emperor continued to walk, and the servants behind him continued to hold high the train that wasn't there. It is interesting to me that in the Genesis account, right off the bat, that when the enemy of our soul, the devil, this serpent comes and he interacts with this man and this woman that God has placed in this garden. And their first dialogue, the first recorded dialogue between the enemy and people, although the dialogue is still continuing. The very first dialogue that takes place, we discover that the enemy of this, our soul, the devil, points out the fact that Adam and Eve are naked right it's interest that's interesting to me because you know the rest of the story, you know that God comes walking in the garden. Uh, the, the man and woman take leaves and try to cover themselves to hide their nakedness. God comes walking in the garden. He approaches Adam and Eve and he says, who told you you were naked? And Adam uh, or Adam does what guys normally do. He blamed the woman. Uh, the woman uh, got it right. She blamed the snake, right? And and they said, that's who told us. The, the, they told us we were naked. And God steps in and deals with that. It's interesting to me because um, at that moment, although in his first exchange encounter, dialogue with us, he tries to point out the shame of our nakedness, the uncoveredness, if you will. Now, after God has intervened, what I've discovered is that the devil's still talking, but now he's changed his game. Notice notice that the, the script has been flipped. In the first encounter, he tries to point out how naked we are so that we will feel shame and so that we will feel exposed and vulnerable. But from that day till now, now what he's trying to do is he's trying to keep us from recognizing our nakedness. Because he realizes is that if we come to grips with our own nakedness, our own uncoveredness, that we will also wake up to the fact that we are vulnerable and that we are exposed and that we are, uh, we, we are at risk of being overcome and overtaken. And so, so I have to ask you this question since he's changed the game on us, since now he's trying to keep us from recognizing, keep us from dealing with, keep us from understanding our own nakedness. Uh, it forces me to ask you the question this morning. Are you naked? Now, in my day, it was said different. as "Are you naked?" All right? But uh, uh, there was this uh, never mind. Uh, the, is it possible? Is it possible that you are parading through the march of life uncovered? Could it be that you come to church, maybe even this church, week after week, month after month, year after year, head held high, walking like everything is the way it should be and you're walking in here and even you you just haven't recognized it, you haven't come to grips with the fact that you're, you're wearing nothing but a smile. Could it be that you go to work and you're uncovered? Could it be that you're going to school and you're exposed? Could it be that as you continue to walk through, march through life, that you're not clothed appropriately? Scripture makes it clear that we are to be clothed. God steps in and he covers Adam and Eve. When they discover that they are naked, they feel shame. They feel uncovered. They feel exposed. And God in his mercy, God in his grace steps in and says, the leaves you're trying to cover with are up with are not sufficient. They never are. What we try to cover ourselves up with is never sufficient. It's never enough. And he says, let me step in. He steps in and the first sacrifice is made. The animals are killed. The skins are provided and he covers them. But I just came by the this morning to tell you that although God dealt with with the Adam and Eve's nakedness, God has not forgotten us in our nakedness either. And he makes provision. He provides clothing. He supplies a wardrobe, if you will, for us to be clothed in. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I just simply want us to do a wardrobe check. I, for just the next few moments, won't take us long. I want us. I want you to just like. I, I, can can you use your imagination a little bit? Can you walk into your spiritual closet for just a moment? Uh, can can you go in and see the hangers, and they're all organized by the same color and the the season? Can you walk in? Isn't that your closet? Maybe not. Okay, so so there's stuff in there you haven't worn for since 1980, like parachute pants, only because you can't get into them anymore. But you, one of these days, I'm gonna wear that again. One of these days, uh, uh, that, that that's not reality. But 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 could you just could you just walk through your own spiritual closet for just a moment? Because there are some items, there's some clothing items that we are to be clothed in. Let me, I'm gonna point them out to you. I'm just just briefly, just gonna mention. I just want you to. You just, just check them off in your own mind. Do I have these on? Uh, Am I wearing these? If if I'm supposed to, I don't want to go through life naked. I don't want to walk around as if I'm clothed in a great outfit and be exposed and not even know it. I want to recognize. So if I'm going to cover up, let me cover up in the right things. So let's just do this wardrobe check. Here are the garments we're told to be clothed in. Psalm chapter 30 verse 11 says that we should be clothed in joy. You have changed my sobbing into dancing. You have removed my sackcloth and you have clothed me with joy. Can I remind you this morning that the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if you don't have any joy, then you voluntarily lay down one of the most important garments that you can be wearing. Because if you don't have any joy, you don't have any strength. Some of you feel awfully weak right now. May I submit to you that you need to do a joy check. Because it may just very very well be that you're not wearing the garment of joy like you should be. It's provided for you. It's available to you you can be clothed in joy second in in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 says that we are to be clothed in praise uh, he has sent me to provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to give them crowns instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of tears of grief, and clothes of praise instead of a spirit of weakness. If you don't have any praise, you don't have any perspective because as you gain perspective as you praise because you get your your eyes, your focus off of your problems, and you put them, your eyes and your focus back on your problem solver. And so if you don't have any praise. You don't have any perspective. Check your wardrobe this morning. Have you been clothed in praise this week? Have you waited all week long just to praise here on Sunday? Well, that means that Monday you were naked and Tuesday you were exposed and Wednesday you they call you the flash at work and Thursday they call you the streak and Friday you get the picture. I'm just telling you this morning that every day of your life you should put on the garment of praise. It brings perspective. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 says that we should be clothed in salvation and righteousness. I will find joy in the Lord. I will delight in my God. He has dressed me in the clothes of salvation. Man, I don't know if that excites you. I can't even finish the verse. I got to stop and say I'm excited about the fact that he has clothed me in salvation because I couldn't save myself. He goes on and he says, he has wrapped me in the robe of righteousness like a bridegroom with a priest's turban, like a bride with her jewels. I'm so thankful this morning that every day of my life I can get up and I can be clothed in salvation. And I can be clothed in righteousness because in and of my own strength, in and and of my own holiness, in and of my own righteousness, I, I can't pull this off. But he's clothed me. He's clothed me. He's clothed me. How about the fact that there's, there's this uh, garment in your, hanging in your spiritual closet that you can get to? It, it's called power. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. You don't have to walk through life weak. You don't have to walk through life struggling. You don't have to walk through life naked. You can be clothed with power. I, I'm i tired of seeing powerless Christians where people around them are looking for answers, looking for solutions, looking for prayer, looking for hope, and we're so naked because we don't have any power that we go, well, I can't help you. I don't have anything to offer you. Check your wardrobe. First Peter chapter 5 says that uh, there's this, cloth, this, this piece of clothing we don't like to, to wear. It's called humility. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Wait a minute. He was talking to the young folks. Now he messed up and said all of us. Okay, clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. We should be, as the people of God, we should be clothed in humility. I knew I wouldn't go get no amen. I knew it. Every morning you get up, you ought to wake up and go to your spiritual closet closet and put The clothes of humility on. I'm better than nobody. There but the grace of God go I. If it wasn't for Jesus, I don't have a hope. I don't have a prayer. I didn't pull this off. I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I didn't have any bootstraps. I was going down for the last time. I was going under. The burden was too heavy. The the price was too high. But Jesus stepped in. And because of him, I can clothe myself in humility. And I can point everything to Jesus and say, only because of him. I don't earn what I, what my, 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 pay, my pay paycheck isn't because of my ability. My, my, my provision is not because of my, my wit, my ingenuity. It's not by the sweat of my brow. It's by the fact that God provides it. So I'm humble. I, I got to stay humble. I put it on like a coat. Ephesians chapter six says that we should put on the full armor of God. Verses 13 through 17, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. Having fastened on, here they are, here's the clothes, the belt of truth. And having, that's why you got to get off of Facebook. Um, the, The belt of truth, that's why you don't believe everything you see in the news. The belt of truth, that's why you don't believe everything that everybody says at work if it doesn't line up with God's word. I don't care how close you are to them. The belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That means you live righteous 24 7. You don't take a day off because this is my unrighteous day. We put it on every day. The breastplate of righteousness and shoes for our feet. Having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That means we walk in peace every day. We get up and we do our best. The, 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 The apostle tells us to do your best to be at peace with all men. We put peace on like shoes. Everywhere we step, people ought to be able to see the residue of peace. Take up the shield of faith. Not fear. Faith. He says, so that you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That means you can't wait till Sunday to get your Bible out. You're unarmed. You're naked. If you don't open the word during the week and practice with your sword. And then boy, this one, this one messes me up. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 through 14 says this, that we should be clothed in compassion. Princess and the P, Kindness. Quiet strength, boy. Quiet strength. Quiet strength. Some of our strength is really loud. Quiet strength. Discipline. Forgiveness. And love. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Quiet strength. Discipline. Listen to this. Be even-tempered. I'm just reading the Bible, (laughs) y'all. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And, the, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Mic drop. If there was ever a passage of Scripture that applies to where we are today... I want some of the passion people in the room, all of us really, I want us to wake up every morning and robe ourselves in compassion, robe ourselves in kindness, robe ourselves in quiet strength, robe ourselves in, in discipline and forgiveness and love. Are you stinking naked? Because some of your Facebooks make you look exposed. And some of your t- dialogue with each other exposes the fact that you're not dressed. And for some of you, your attitudes at work reveal that you went there naked as a jaybird. And for some of you at school, because you talk a different way at school than you talk in here, reveals uh, that you don't have the proper clothing on. So, so how do we obtain these items? That, that, because if, if this is how we're supposed to be clothed, then God help me. I want to know how do I get this stuff? Well, fortunately, there's an answer. It's found in Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-seven, which says this: "Clothe yourself in Christ." Oh, there's another. Let me. Um, can I stop there and, and, and just tell you that literally, what the the author is saying is to to literally put Jesus on over you. Well, I've got my own opinions. Put Jesus on over you. I've got my own stances. Put Jesus on over you. I've got a way that I would like to react. Like I would like to cut you, but I'm going to put Jesus on over you. I would like to tell you what I think of you when you drive the way you're driving beside me, but I'm going to put Jesus on over me. It's the, it's a, it's a, it's a word picture of literally walking to a closet, taking a jacket out of the closet and draping it over us. And that coat is Jesus. He, he overshadows everything. Let me read it. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. Okay. It was to give you a fresh start, but that's not the only thing it was about. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you. How does this always come back to six foot baby? It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. So how do you get all this stuff? You wear Christ. You put on Christ. You clothe yourself. So, so here's, the, here's the issue. The issue then is, um, the issue is not lack of clothing. The issue is not that when you walk to the wardrobe, there's nothing there. The issue then is simply that too many of us are convinced that we are dressed when instead we're stark naked. Because we dress ourselves and we cover ourselves in other things. And the problem with that and the result of that is that we are vulnerable to the inevitable wardrobe malfunction. Had any lately? Like when somebody looks at you crazy at work and you're supposed to be clothed in kindness and compassion. Did you have a wardrobe malfunction? And heard stuff coming out of your mouth and you're like, where'd that come from? It only came out of there because you didn't clothe yourself that morning. Well, they treated me like I didn't want them to treat me and I couldn't help myself. No, you just didn't clothe yourself. Having clothes is not the issue. The issue is we don't put them on. See, see um, the good news is that these necessary and essential clothing items are available. Can I give you hope this morning? They're in your closet. They're there. They're, they're available to you every day of your life. But how many of you know you got some clothes in your closet you don't ever wear? I do. I got some stuff. I got some stuff in my closet. I walk in there and go, mm, not wearing that. Got some other stuff I go, mm, can't wear that. Got some other stuff I go, mm, shouldn't wear that. I got some stuff I go in there and I go, "Mm, why did I wear that? (laughs) Just because they're in your closet doesn't mean they're on. Just because they're available doesn't mean you've clothed yourself. I just want to challenge you this morning. Could I get you to do a wardrobe check? I'm going to punch you back one more time. Man, we're living in January and February. I'm going to punch you one back one, one time. We represent Christ. We represent Christ every day of our life. On your social media, at work, on the highways, in the stores, at school, in your house, in your neighborhood. Every moment of your life, you are representing Jesus. Let's represent Jesus well. How do we do that? We clothe ourselves. We clothe ourselves in these garments so that we don't parade through life naked. I wonder how many people are standing on the sidelines watching us go by and they're laughing and pointing fingers, go, they call themselves a Christian? <laughs> I heard them. I saw them. I read them. And we keep marching naked. I need some passion folks this morning to take a moment and evaluate what you've been wearing. And let's make sure that we are wearing Christ in this day, in this hour, in this moment, in every situation. May we be clothed in an adult faith that would present Jesus well to those around us. Father, this morning, my prayer is that simply we would do a wardrobe check. I pray in this very moment, each and every one of us would, in our own spirit, we would walk through the last few days of our life and we would ask ourselves one simple question. Were we naked? Your word says that our own righteousness is like filthy rags. In other words, there's nothing that we have in and of ourselves. There's no ability. There's no talent. There's no There's no our own reputation. There's nothing we can secure, nothing we can buy, nothing we can do that clothes us. But I'm thankful this morning that you made provision for us. In fact, Father, as we look at your word, what we discover is that the passages out of the Old Testament say that you clothe us, but the passages of the New Testament declare that we have an action to play. We have a part to play. We are to clothe ourselves in these things. So Father, this morning we actively step up and we walk into our spiritual closet and we clothe ourselves with joy. We clothe ourselves with praise. We we take the garment of salvation and we apply it to our life. We apply your righteousness to our life. Father, we walk in and we grab the power that is available and accessible to us. And we, that way we have something to give those around us. Father, we walk in and we clothe ourselves with humility. We walk in father and we clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and forgiveness and discipline and quiet strength and love. And father, we clothe ourselves with the armor that you've provided for us. And we do all of this by taking on Christ, we, we put him on like a coat. Cover us, Jesus. I pray that we would be so covered by you that when people bump into us, Jesus rubs off. I pray that when they cut us off in traffic, I pray that we've clothed ourselves in you so much, Jesus, that instead of them getting us, they get you. I pray that when they treat us wrong, Rather than our response, they hear your response. And I pray that together we would represent you so well that those that are far from you would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus so that they could get the right wardrobe as well. I pray all week long we would check our spiritual wardrobe and make sure that we are clothed, that we are covered. That we're not exposed. And so that we point people to you in the right way. God, I pray that you would accomplish this in each and every person's life in this room today. Give us an adult faith. Give us an adult faith wardrobe, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and ask them this question. Are you naked? Come on.